Well, hello, folks, and welcome to this episode of the Jason Wright Show, Best Friday Ever. And I am actually sitting here with Mrs. Wright. Hello, Mrs. Wright. And we are on our balcony on a rainy day in Destin, Florida. And, you know, I really, even though we're at the beach and it's rainy and it's gray, I honestly can't think of anywhere I'd rather be. Uh, with Mrs. Wright right here to my left, the ocean in front of us, and uh, and you on the other end of this microphone. So I'm reading an incredible book that's really got me fascinated. I'm going to crush this thing probably before we get home. It's called Stolen Focus because I think that's one of the things that has been stolen from a lot of us here recently is our, our focus. And I read something that kind of reiterated why this is such a concern of mine. So I think I mentioned on the podcast, I don't know, it was a while back, I talked about how I wonder if one day we will all we'll, we'll come to these like colonies out in California, out in the out in the desert, where you see all of these like airplane hangars, and you walk in, and there's just cots lying there with people with like virtual reality goggles on, or maybe they're just lying unconscious, and they're hooked up to machines, and they're basically living in the metaverse. And I, I made this point, it's like, well, you know, there's so many people that are trying to escape the physical world, and they're living online, they're living on Instagram, they're living in, uh, in, in the metaverse of Facebook, you know, all these different things. And so this is something that I've just been, I'm pondered for a while. Well, then I'm reading this book, it's again, it's uh, Stolen Focus by, by Johan Hari. I think I'm pronouncing that right. And I highly recommend it. And so I come across this, pass, this passage in the book that I think is kind of telling for exactly <laughs> what I was describing. So check this out. It says, shortly before I met with him, Sunni had, had seen a photograph of Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, standing in front of a room of people who were all wearing virtual reality headsets he was the only person standing in actual reality looking at them smiling pacing proudly around when i saw it soon he said i was like holy shit this is a metaphor for the future if we don't change course he fears we are headed toward a world where there's going to be an upper class of people that are very aware of the risk to their attention and find ways to live within their limits and then there will be the rest of the society with fewer resources to resist the manip manipulation and they're going to live more and more inside their computers being manipulated more and more and that's kind of a scary thought and i think that's one of the things that i'm trying to g i've got you know a, we've got a 21 and 22 year old um who are just like most other 21 and 22 year old girls they stay stuck to their phones I, I've, I've described it as like a little a little dopamine drip that all these uh, young people and adults for that matter have with them all the time and the concern is not so much that you're yes there is this major concern that you're not you're missing the world around you you're you're missing what's happening in actual reality by checking out into a virtual reality and that that in and of itself is is bad but then there's this whole other element of becoming a useful idiot and i think that what you and i are watching right now happening in the united states of america is you are seeing a bunch of useful idiots and the, the way the useful idiots are controlled much of it is through 
manipulation of their attention, stealing their focus, stealing their attention through social media. If you look at the way all these platforms are designed and, way, and the way that they're built, it is to do one thing. It is to grab your attention. The, if you, if there's a great, uh, I, I mentioned this before too, um, there's a documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma, I think, I can't remember, just look up social media, Netflix documentary, and it talks about the, the, just exactly how these platforms are built. And actually, the, one of the main characters, if not the main character in the documentary of that book is, his name's Tristan, I can't remember his last name. He is, uh, it's in that documentary, he's in this book mentioned several times and how he was at Google whenever he made this discovery that he's like, wait a minute, is what we're doing correct? And he literally describes how, um, how these engineers at Google's like sit almost like in a, in a room full of dials, controlling the attention of billions of people. Everything from likes, from how Gmail notifies you, for everything on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and Twitter for that matter, they are designed to grab your attention. And it's not just to grab your attention and say, hey, come here, help us make the world a better place. It is to grab your attention and to sell you stuff. It's to grab your attention and manipulate your thoughts. And so it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating read. I'll do a full review on it once I, once I finish it on the YouTube channel. But this was one of the things that I thought was really cool, just as a little bit of kind of like a Paul Harvey, uh, the rest of the story. Check this out. He's talking about this class that he was in at Stanford. Uh, this, this guy, Tristan, that I mentioned was uh, in the documentary on Netflix. And he says, as part of the class, he was paired with a young man named Mike Krieger, and they were tasked with designing an app. Tristan had been thinking for a while about something named seasonal affective disorder, a condition where if you are stuck in a gloomy, in gloomy weather for a long time, you are more likely to become depressed. How, they asked, could technology help with that? They came up with an app called Send the Sunshine. Two friends would choose to be connected through it, and it would track where they both were and the online weather reports for their locations. If the app realized that your friend was starved of sunshine and you had some, it would prompt you to take a photo of the sun and send it to him. It showed that somebody cared and it sent some sunshine your way. It was sweet and simple and it helped to spur Mike and another person in the class, Kevin Sistrom, to think about the power of sharing photographs online. They were already thinking about it about another of the key lessons of the class taken from B.F. Skinner. So real, a pause real quick. B.F. Skinner is one of the fathers of, uh, of American psychology, which essentially he came up with these ways that you can manipulate animals, rats, monkeys, dogs, all these, by just giving them the proper reinforcement. And he essentially said all psychology is is, is, a, is a set of actions based on reinforcements, either negative or positive. So you can completely manipulate people like kind of like just mindless monkeys if you gave them the proper reinforcement. Well, that actually faded away with other researchers that realized there was something different to why people do what they do, um, uh, such as the work of, uh, of, a, of a guy named Mile Csikszentmihalyi, who basically is the father of flow, who was also a psychologist who realized that going into deep work and finding satisfaction and, and just a little bit of a struggle where you're kind of testing yourself, 
that it showed that if okay if you're doing something you like and you're finding a flow state you will work just for the sake of work you won't have to actually have to have some sort of reward the the journey and the hard work and the task is the reward itself so this kind of went in the face of skinner's work um, nevertheless skinner's work came back once social media companies started to realize huh it may not be the only way to drive psychology in humans, but it is incredibly powerful. If you can find technologies to give humans the proper reinforcement, thus ignite the dopamine hits that we all crave enough times, then we can actually control them and then keep them on our screen. So B.F. Skinner, an old Harvard psychologist, became this kind of uh, mastermind in Silicon Valley. Okay, so now back to what I'm reading. So take it from B.F. Skinner. Build an built on immediate reinforcements. If you want to shape the user's behavior, make sure he gets hearts and likes right away. Using these principles, they launched a new app of their own. They named it Instagram. So I think it's important to know that the there is an incredible like the the whole basis behind Instagram, which started out as something pretty good, right? It's like you know, to help you feel better if you're in a place where it's gloomy, like today. There's no sun here today at the beach. It's raining, and if you were hooked up on the other side of uh, my app and you're in a sunny spot and you realize, hey, whoa, Jason hadn't had any sunshine in a whatever the set period of time is, boom, you send me a picture of the sun where you are and psychologically it would give me a lift and therefore I'd be less likely to get depressed by the gloomy weather where we are. So it started out with good intentions, but then they start to realize, okay, we're using positive reinforcement and how can we use that further and further and further and go deeper and deeper and deeper to control people's attention, get their attention, and then control their behaviors. And I think it's really important as we look at social media, we look at the books we read, the music we listen to, that we're constantly, constantly being very attentive to where our focus goes. Because after all, where focus goes, energy flows. I've said that, I teach a course on that. It actually is a reality. And that brings me to another point. So as I was sitting here and I was reading that passage to uh, Mrs. Wright, she said, you know, you ought to write an article on that. And, uh, and then she made another comment about something she had said about being frugal or being, you know, with your words, you know. And I said, well, it's interesting. I am going to add this to an article that I've already started. It's coming out in the Vitruvian letter tomorrow. Uh, if you haven't been following it, I encourage you to go to jasonrightnow.com and sign up for the Vitruvian letter. Or if you are a subscriber and you haven't looked at it in the last... A uh, couple weeks, I'm actually doing a 13-part series called The Tao of Ben Franklin based on Benjamin Franklin's 13 virtues. This week's, which is number five, is frugality. And most of us like to think of being frugal only pertaining to money, right? You save your money, you be frugal, waste not, want not, and this is absolutely true. However, I think it's very important that we're frugal with a lot of other things such as in this case our attention remember we only have so much time on our hands in this life right it is the most valuable non-renewable resource any of us have and did you know this so let's just say that you are you're, you're, you're reading a book and you decide you're going to go check the gram for a picture you get a notification ding somebody has sent you a picture <clears throat> or, or, you're just, or you get a like, whatever. You get a notification, you look at your Instagram. You think, oh, I'm just going to check it real quick and then go back to reading my book. 
on average, people will spend a, an extra 20 minutes on Instagram just by looking at one picture. So you go to look at a picture. Some, let's say someone sends you a text while you're reading. Hey, check out the picture I just posted on Instagram. You go over there, 20 minutes. So you do that three times. You've lost an hour of your life. You've lost an hour of reading. Your attention has been stolen for an hour. So I am, I'm going to posit this idea. What if you are frugal with your attention? You watch your attention because af after all, it's all economics, right? It's all opportunity costs. Every single time you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to an infinite amount of other things. So if in fact you were saying, this is where my attention will flow and thus my energy will flow, then therefore I'm saying it will not go into meditation. It will not go into reading. It will not go into writing. It will not go into making a phone call that could make an Im incredible difference in someone's life. You're saying no to all those things for what? To look at some pictures and to just get sucked into the scroll screen. And, and, and I am as guilty as anyone. And I need to actually post this on, uh, I'll, I'm going to do a little video on this, on the different options <coughs> for uh, putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. You know, I used to think that there's just only one option that you put on Do Not Disturb and then no one can get to you. And I was like, well, that's kind of, I don't know if I want that because I have Rylan and Abby and Jimlin that might need to get to me and anyone else is not an emergency, to, to be quite frank. Uh, but if they want to get to me, I need them to. Well, you can actually set your phone on Do Not Disturb with the exception of a few people so that they can always get through at any, at any given time. You can do this also for different things. You can have a personal, like focus time, where it's just a personal. It's not a complete Do Not Disturb. And you can set different uh, standards for that. There's one that uh, you can go on Do Not Disturb every time you exercise your train. I hate whenever I'm in the middle of a workout and I'm like gutting out some hard exercise and then I get a call or something to that effect that stops my iTunes from playing and just completely throws me off. So that has become one of my favorite tools of my iPhone is the do not disturb. You can set it for obviously and I know a lot of you know this stuff but this is like but some of you don't. If I just learned it a few months ago or a year ago whatever it was then I know somebody else is out there not actually using their do not disturb as, you, as they should. So be frugal with your time be frugal with your words be frugal with your attention and so look for that article it's uh it's one of my favorite uh, installments one of my favorite virtues to really explore and kind of expound upon and i think that you will enjoy it so okay well i am going to go back to focusing on my wife and this rain and this book and enjoying our time here and Destin looking at the ocean. I hope this is in fact the best Friday ever for you. And if it's not, well hopefully you at least got, it. this made it a little better. And I hope if nothing else, you'll go into the weekend and you'll be more frugal with your focus. And every time you get on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, you look, you go, is this really where I want my attention to go? And be kind of defensive about it. It's, is it you that is making the decision to stay on YouTube and watch countless little clips of political rants? Is it you that's making the decision to get on Snapchat and watch stories and keep your streaks alive with your friends? Is it you that's making the decision 
to go to Instagram one more time and look at 975 more pictures? Or are you being manipulated? Is your attention being stolen? It's worth thinking about. I hope you guys have a great, great weekend. Oh, don't forget, Amazon.com. You can now pick up a copy of The Stone Chiseler, my latest book, my first work of fiction. It is inspired by Viktor Frankl's classic, Man's Search for Meaning. I really think you'll enjoy it so far. The, uh, I just had a friend send me a text this week, said that he really enjoyed it and hit home, which obviously made my day. So if you want a good summer read, that one, put it on your list. I'd appreciate it. With that, I'm Jason. Don't forget to endeavor to improve always and always. I am out. <laughs>